Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting His kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. Today's message is, Who Do You Choose? Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. So, and I, I, I know the answer to the question already, but uh, have you ever had one of those days, weeks, or kind of periods in your life where you just get to the end of it and you just sit and you want to do nothing? You're like, I don't want to hear the phone ring. I don't want to hear someone speak to me. I just want to do nothing. You know, and, uh, this week it was kind of, it was, kind of weird. We don't know exactly what happened, but for some reason we were out late every night, you know, just doing different stuff. And it, it wasn't bad things at all, but uh, we get to Friday night and, uh, and you know, you, you're like, well, you know, I know that we've taken care of our children. They're still alive, but, but you know, should we maybe go and do something, you know? And we kind of said, well, do you want to do this? And we're like, no, we're just going to sit here and do absolutely nothing, right? And, uh, and I think we all have those, those times that, that, that we just realize, man, I can't, I can't do anymore. I'm just going to do nothing. Um, but you know, there, there, is, uh, there can be a little bit of danger in those moments because that's kind of when we're at our weakest and our defenses are down. And, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And, and we're kind of continuing on the theme of of looking forward to a new year. We've, we've been talking a little bit about that, and that's kind of what, where we're going today. Uh, but, you know, we all have those times where we're just exhausted, uh, where we're ready to take it easy, when we let our guard down, and, uh, and we have to be uh, a little concerned about those times in our life. You know, historically, I've always uh, been fascinated with history, and I love history. And uh, if you look at World War I and World War II, those were very very interesting times for the world, and it obviously completely changed uh, the world. Um, but, you know, World War I uh, was a very unique war. It, uh, it was kind of the first modern war. Um, it, you know, and it was, I was listening to a podcast, and, and they were talking about it, how at the beginning of World War I, the French army still dressed in the bright blue uh, stuff, and they wore berets, Right? Not even helmets, right? And, and, uh, and all of a sudden, you had modern uh, machine guns that came about in World War I, and at the beginning was facing an army who was still wearing berets. Wow. I mean, that, and of course, all that started to change, and it, and it happened very quickly. But uh, World War I was devastating. And I mean, it was just so brutal, and so many people lost their lives, and and, uh, and it, it just, all of a sudden, war took on a whole different meaning. You know, it, we've always had war, but now there was the potential for just mass casualty on an unprecedented level. And, and the world, after World War I, rightfully so, was exhausted, yeah. right? And especially over in Europe. Now, they, they, they experienced so much death from, from that. It was like, we can't do this again. Right? This is too much. We can never allow this to happen again. In, in response to that, um, you know, people just couldn't imagine you know, fighting ever again. 
And so there were a lot of things that were done, and, and you know, we can uh, agree or argue you know, what thing, where the mistakes were made and things like that, but everyone was kind of in a place where they were exhausted and worn out. And what happened is you had someone who was very evil who started to be able to take advantage of that, right? And slowly but surely, he started to, to, to form something that was, that was going to impact the world forever. And, and there were things that were done that were appeasing, you know, because all of a sudden you had this guy who's starting to take power and people were just kind of blinded because they couldn't imagine that anyone would throw us back into experiencing what had happened in World War I. And, and no one wanted to do anything that may spark that again, right? Because people were so traumatized by the first war. And so what happened is this one individual who was so evil and he just kind of keeps pushing and pushing and pushing and then all of a sudden the, war, the world finds itself in a second world war, right? And it, it's just, it, it's very interesting if you kind of look at the psychology behind that, you know, and, and I think some of it was because after the first one, people were, just, they just couldn't, they were like, we can't handle anything else. And all of a sudden, evil was able to take advantage of that. And, you know, and I, I want us to look today at, at okay, how, how does that kind of uh, equate to our faith? Because I think sometimes, um, you know, we think that the most dangerous thing to our faith is when we're kind of in the middle of the battle, when things are going on around us and it's challenging and we're, we're you know, life is coming at us 100 miles an hour and we're having to make decisions and, and that is a test of your faith, no doubt. But I think sometimes the stronger test of our faith comes when we're comfortable, when things are kind of going smooth. You know, we're going to look uh, at, a, at a time in the Old Testament. We're going to be looking at uh, Joshua. And, and just kind of a quick history uh, uh, reminder, the God chose the people of Israel, right, through Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Uh, and then so the people begin to grow. God is wanting to use them as a means to, to reach the rest of the world. Well, the people end up in Egypt, right? And then they start uh, multiplying in Egypt, and they're getting bigger and bigger as far as a number of people. But now they're under Egyptian rule. And so God uh, sends Moses to bring the people out of Egypt and to start bringing them back to the land that they had been in before. Um, And we know what happens there, all kinds of ups and downs, all kinds of challenges. They're given the the Ten Commandments, the law. They're really starting to be formed into a true people group, uh, if you will. And remember, Moses leads them up, and uh, they're kind of at the Jordan River looking into the land, and says, now you're going to have to go into the land and you're going to have to fight for it. It's not going to be uh, easy. And uh, they send out 12 uh, spies and they come back and 10 of the spies uh, say, man, we can't do this. You know, the people are too big, they're too powerful. Uh, we would just be going to our death. By the way, they technically were right, <laughs> right? The, the, the people in the land had better armies, were better equipped uh, than the people of Israel. But two guys, Joshua and Caleb, they said, yeah, all of that's true, 
But this is what God is calling us to do, and we can trust God to do this. Of course, they were outnumbered, and so then the people end up wandering in the desert for 40 years, um, and then they find themselves back, and now Joshua is the, the leader. And in the beginning uh, chapter, some of my favorite verses in all of the Old Testament are there in Joshua chapter 1, uh, where Joshua is, is calling on the people, and he, it, he's rallying them because they're about to go and to take the land. And he says over and over again, you must be strong and courageous. You must be strong and very courageous. God is going to be with us. He's going to deliver this to us. But we have to, have to be strong. And, uh, and I think all of us can kind of relate to that whenever we're kind of going into battle, whatever that battle is in our life, that we recognize, man, we've got to be strong and courageous. And we know, hey, God can be with us through this. He's going to get us through, through this. And we know it's going to have ups and downs. But, but we, we kind of sometimes prepare ourselves for that. Well, then the people go in, they end up taking the land, and now we're at the end of Joshua. So we're in Joshua chapter 24. We'll be starting in verse 14. And, uh, and this is Joshua's final talk to the people. And, uh, and it's very interesting what he says, because now the land is, is theirs. Uh, it is a time of peace. And, uh, and let's listen to what Joshua has to say, starting in verse 14. It says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors' worship beyond the Euphrates and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in, those in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. This is very interesting. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods. He will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people, and there at Shechem he reaffirmed for them the decrees and the laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, This stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance. All right. So let's let's think about this scene and kind of put ourselves in this scene. Um, Here you've you've been following this guy Joshua um, to, to great victory, to unexpected victory. You've seen some unbelievable uh, things. You've seen the walls of Jericho fall, fall down. 
Um, and of course, some of you have probably uh, remember crossing the Red Sea as a, as a child, but you for sure remember your parents telling you about the crossing of the Red Sea and, and how God brought you out of, out of Egypt. And, uh, and things are great. You've just achieved an unprecedented victory and an unexpected victory. And, uh, and so you're excited, and, but yet you know this is probably one of Joshua's last times to be with you. This is, a, this is his last recorded uh, speech, um, so you know it's, it's getting close. This is kind of the uh, sending the army home, if you will, because the battle has been won. Right? And, and Joshua, he starts off, and he's, he's real excited, and he reminds the people, remember what God did for us in, in Egypt. And, and I kind of think of it as a political rally that people stand up and cheer whenever God talks about them crossing the Red Sea, right? Because they're celebrating. There's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, and reminding them of what happened at Jericho and things like that. And, uh, and it's this wonderful image. And then Joshua starts turning a little bit more serious. And he starts saying, you're going to need to choose who you're going to serve. And the people respond of course we're going to serve God, right? They're in the moment. And then in a very strange political rally way, Joshua kind of kills the mood. And he says, you're not going to be able to serve the Lord, <laughs> right? He knows the people. And, and this is a, he's not really saying that God won't forgive, that God doesn't, won't still care for the people. What he's trying to bring out in this is he's making, he, he knows the hearts of the people. He knows human nature. He knows that when everything, when the battle is over and everything kind of subsides, it is so easy to go your own way. And that is, he's trying to make the people realize and to think about it. Right? It's easy to get caught up in the moment. It's easy to get caught up in the excitement and say, yes, I'll believe in God. Yes, I'll follow God. But then whenever the, the, the speech is over and life continues to go on and you're not having to fight for it anymore, everything's kind of coming along pretty normal, it's easy to start going your own way. And you know, he, uh, Joshua specifically mentions other gods, that you've got to quit worshiping the other gods. You know, and those were, those were real pagan religions, but there was a big difference between those religions and following God. It was a lot easier to follow the other religions. There weren't nearly as many restrictions on you. You didn't have to live a totally different way, right? Choosing to follow God meant choosing to, to live differently, that it was going to be different than the culture around you. Right? And Joshua knew that that's a, that's a tough choice for people. And whenever you're not forced to make it, many will choose to follow other gods. And sure enough, Joshua was right. The people went up and down and uh, fell away from God. And by the way, it would have been any group that God chose would have done the same thing. We're all susceptible to this. Right? We're all susceptible to when things are kind of easy and we're comfortable, we usually choose the easiest way to go about life. That may or may not be the godly way. And Joshua was really bringing that out. You know, and for us today, I don't think most of us in here, we're probably not 
looking at, at other religions or other gods to follow, right? not in the same way that they were. But you know, there are a lot of things that kind of take that place in our life today. Right? We have, I think we have a lot of people who will choose to worship a political god, one side or the other. Right? And we, we see in our country that we, we uh, will tend to, to worship kind of a, a patriotic god, an Americanized Christianity. Right? We have that, that it's easy for us to, to look to. Maybe we worship a financial god. Whatever, whatever's going to give us the, the fastest and quickest path to the, to the most wealth. Maybe we focus on a family God where our family becomes our sole focus and reason for living. You know, we live in a country that's very unique. And for a long time, you know, whenever this country was established and was fought for, it was one of the, one of the premises was trying to establish this idea that you're free to worship and you have freedom of religion, freedom of worship. And, you know, we, we did a pretty good job with that. It's not perfect. Nothing's nothing perfect. But for a long time, it was pretty easy, and it still is pretty easy to be a Christian in this country. I, think, I, think, I don't think that's a controversial statement, right? You know, the, the, you're not really risking much by saying, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. You know, but I will say, and this is not a doom and gloom sermon, and this is not an end of the world sermon, all right? But I will say, culture is changing around us. There are more open kind of tensions and attacks on some basic Christian beliefs. Right? Just this past week, uh, there were some uh, uh, statements that were made about a, a Christian high school that that's a, a factory of hate. You may not agree with all the things that they do, but that's a pretty bold attack on, on you know, some basic Christian elements. Okay? And, and I think that's interesting. And this sermon is really more just designed to get us to think. You know, just to get us to think. I don't know where things are go- going. I'm not a doom and gloom guy. But I do think, think things are changing a little bit. And we need to start thinking about where is our faith, right? Who do we really believe in? Have we, do, have we believed in kind of a, a comfortable view of Christianity that, that you know, kind of has, has become more cultural than anything, right? I don't know. I think that's something that each of us have to answer. And it's not, it's not always an easy thing. And I, and I think sometimes we all um, get comfortable in our lives and, and we just kind of start into the routine and go through the motion and we forget, you know what? If we truly are going to believe and follow what God says, it means that we live our lives differently. And it may not be the popular thing. And it may not be what culture expects. Right? You know, there are places in this world that right now that are still, that face overt persecution for their faith. In China, right now, there's a, a, a lot going on. There's the government-approved uh, church that's okay. But if you don't fall under those restrictions, 
Um, you can get, I mean, there was one instance that a, a church was basically uh, knocked down because they weren't following what the government wanted. And then the government charged the pastor for the demolition. <laughs> right? That's okay. Wow. You know, uh, just this morning uh, in the Philippines, there was a church that was, uh, that was bombed. And it was more than likely terrorism. We don't know all that's going in there, but, but it was specifically targeting a group of Christians. Right? And again, I'm not saying that that's right around the corner here. But we, we don't need to get to that place where we're so comfortable that we just think, oh, you know what, I can just have an easy faith and that it's never going to be tested. You know, one thing that is very interesting and, and I, I love... The first, the, the first part of this, starting in verse 14, uh, whenever Joshua says, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. That word faithfulness there, it's actually a couple of words in Hebrews, and it's kind of been combined to try to make it, uh, the translation work. But uh, it's really, it, it means with all integrity and truth. Right? And, uh, and I, I think that's interesting to kind of separate that out is to, to follow God, to serve Him with integrity and truth. Because here's the reality is truth isn't always popular. Kind of like what we talked about last week. That, man, truth, that's a, that's a tough thing for us. And, and a lot of people see things as different, and they see things as different truths. Well, there really is only one. And, and we need to be searching that out. And so we serve God with integrity and truth. And then He says, throw away the gods of your ancestors. Right? Get rid of, of those things. Uh, and it says, this is very interesting, verse 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you. Right? He's basically calling on the people to make a decision. See, are you going to serve God or are you not? Kind of the implication there is, hey, if this isn't what you want, then don't, don't claim to be a follower of God. Right? And I do think that that's something that, that we struggle with as a church. Um, you know, is, okay, are we going to really follow God and, and stick to the, the things that, that He has said are true? Or are we going to kind of find a hybrid of that and do what's comfortable? You know, there was a, a statement, and I, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but he said, you know, as, as people of God, as Christians, we should strive to live righteous lives. Right? And we don't live righteous lives because it's popular. We live righteous lives because it's righteous. We try to do the right thing because it's the right thing, not because it's the popular thing. And, and I think we're in an interesting time in our country where those lines are kind of being blurred. And we're, we, have to, we have to work that out. Right? And, and I think that's something that we need to be aware of. And these words that Joshua spoke so many years ago, I think, apply to us today. They're in verse 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day who you will serve. Whether it will be the God of family, of finance, the God of politics, the God of that, choose that. Or Joshua says, but for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You know, that is something that each one of us have to make the decision to do that, what that's going to look like. You know, and, and uh, I don't think we need to be fearful every night that, uh, that our, our world is going to collapse around us. 
But I do think that we all need to think about that question. Who do you serve? Do we truly serve God? Have we truly given our whole self to Him? Right? Joshua knew that in times of comfort, it becomes very easy uh, to, to kind of have a hybrid religion. Right? And that's really what we've been in for a long time. We've been very comfortable. I don't know how that's going to change. I don't know if that's going to change. But it doesn't really matter whether it changes or not. The question is still an important one. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? And when, when life comes at you full force and you're no longer comfortable, that's, that can be a hard time to choose who you're going to serve. <laughs> it's better to go ahead and have chosen that beforehand. I just want encourage you to be thinking about that this week. And think about, can you make the statement that Joshua did? Well, that for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you. I thank you for being a God uh, who calls us to serve you. Uh, a God, God who is there with us through the highs and through the lows, through the difficulties. But Lord, even whenever we are comfortable, I pray that we will trust you and choose to serve you, whether it's the popular thing to do or not. Give us the wisdom and the courage to live our life in a way where we can state what Joshua stated, that for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your presence here in this place. In Jesus' name we ask you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.